If you're listening to this episode, the day of release, yesterday was Christmas. And in America, Santa Claus visits all the homes of the boys and girls. And he's so sweet to do so. And, you know, if you're a good kid, he drops off toys and goodies. I think he does in most cases. In most. And the story is, of course, if you're a bad child, he's going to leave you some coal in your stocking. Now, over in Central Europe, St. Nicholas will leave you goodies if you've been good. But St. Nicholas doesn't visit your house if you've been bad. So be good for goodness sake. From a child born into this world, we are taught what to believe. Close-minded, we become fearful to be deceived. Still, we desire to know what lies beyond that locked door. The art of the storyteller, conjuring tales of legend and lore. History hidden, lost knowledge, things forgotten and the unknown. These are the things that direct us and will set the tone. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Nightmares on the Lost Highway. So in Central Europe, there's a story, Um, but we're going to go back. We're going to go back to the past a little bit. We're going to start with the origins. We're going to start talking about the Spiel, which I'm going to say a lot of words that might be German and they're going to sound terrible. To a German person, yes. But this was known as the Nicholas play. It's a seasonal play that spread throughout the Alpine regions. And and when I say Alpine, in this case, I mean places in the Alps. Now, the... Nicholas play features a competition for human souls. It's uh, it, and it plays on the questions of morality of good and bad, where Saint Nicholas would reward children for scholarly efforts, um, rather than just good behavior in general. It, it kind of grew up in the Alpine regions where the Roman Catholic Church started to have influence a long time ago. Now there were already established pagan traditions in the Alpine regions that they kind of started to intertwine and, and come together with with the, these newfound religions. Uh, Roman Catholicism. Uh, but people, you know, in these pagan traditions, they would masquerade as a devilish figure known as the Perked. The Perked? P-E-R-C-H-T. Okay. So Perked sounds good. Now these were two-legged humanoid goat creatures with a giraffe-like neck wearing animal furs. They wore costumes and marched in processions known as Perktenlaufs. Again, I'm going to say a lot of these words <laughs> and they're going to come out wrong. Now, the Perktenlaufs were looked upon with suspicion by the church, and they were banned in some reasons. Now, of course, due to the sparse population of the area and the rugged environments, it was not effective or easily easy to ban such of the uh, traditions. Right, right. Now, uh, the Perktenlaufs would eventually introduce St. Nicholas into the story, where St. Nicholas was sort of the opposite of the Perk. Um, he was the good guy where they were the bad guy. Got to have the yin with the yang, I guess. And the these Perks as you can guess, would eventually become what we call the Krampus. The Krampus. So, of course, the Krampus, we're going to describe him a little bit. I think most people are probably familiar with what the Krampus looks like in this day and age, but you have a horned anthropomorphic figure, typically described as half goat and half demon. And if you have a moment, I suggest you just go ahead and pause, jump on Google, go to Google Image Search, and just look up Krampus. And try to look some of the costumes that these people wear for these <laughs> these Krampus festivals, raids and festivals. These costumes are insanely Stuff of good, n- nightmares. But yeah, terrifying. 
Uh, he's usually he, he's hairy, usually brown or black hair. He has cloven hooves with some descriptions having one human foot and one hoof. Uh, he has a long pointed tongue that lolls out of his mouth and great big fangs. Uh, he usually carries chains or, or has chains hanging about his person. Uh, these are thought to symbolize the binding of the devil as part of that Roman Catholic faith. Christianity phase coming in, yes. And uh, he'll thrash the chains for dramatic effect. And sometimes the chains will have little bells on them. So he's he's got the jingle bells. The jingle bell know. rock. Now he also carries a birch switch and a basket. Is that correct? Well, the... The, he either carries a birch switch or bundles of birch switches, okay. which the bundles are called rootin. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I think it goes without saying, but he uses those to uh, beat. Whip the children. Whip unfortunate children. And throw them in the basket over his yes. uh, shoulder. Um, some versions replace the, the rootin, the, the birch bundles, with actual whip. So, this is a bad dude. Uh, he Yeah, he oftentimes appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back, which he uses to cart off evil children. Now, what does he do with the evil children? Well, it's not really quite sure. Some some stories say he drowns them. Ooh. Some stories say he eats them. Ooh. Some stories say he takes them to uh to hell. You got to get the coal from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, older versions just make mention of the naughty children being put in the bag and taken away, quote unquote. So wherever they end up being, you know. Now, I'll stop you there. I, I read some of these stories. Um, the children, a little graphic here, but they would literally be beaten. Some of the depictions in the stories, uh, they were thrown in like the burlap bag and stomped upon. I mean, we're, we're talking some gruesome, nasty, child-beating stuff. And yeah, did he beat them until they were dead? Did he just tenderize them a little bit? No, it's not real clear. The Krampus is a bad dude, and you want to be a good kid. They, they're not messing around. You know, little little coal in your stocking is nothing yeah, compared I, to being beaten I was going to say, you know, we flash forward, and it's like here in America, and it's like, now, little Jimmy, you behave, or you're going to get coal in your stocking this year. <laughs> compared to, can you imagine these parents sitting down overseas, like in Austria, and it's like, now, Bill, you know what's going to happen. It's the same thing that happened to your sister last year. <laughs> if you don't behave, you know, this would be obviously used by uh, parents to keep their children oh, yeah. in check. Absolutely. I mean, and I think a lot more successful than what we, oh, we do in America. Yeah, the threat of a piece of, <laughs> for one, let's be honest, I don't know that anybody's ever received a bit of coal in their stocking in recent memory. But yeah, if it came down to either be a good kid or this crazy, scary demon is going to show up at your house and snatch you at night, beat you with birch wands, and then take you to hell or drown you drown or you hell, you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, this is definitely... Merry Christmas. Yeah, we're going to keep you in line with this. Now, like we were saying, yeah, during the Christmas season, the Krampus punishes children who have misbehaved. So, I mean, essentially, he's the anti-Santa. Yes. And I, I think if we're going to say that, yeah, we're going to say he's the anti-Santa, basically. <laughs> But of course, you know, like I said earlier, you know, these are pre-Christian origins for this this creature. Now, this goes back. Krampus, in, in a lot of lore, is one of the companions of St. Nicholas in some yeah. of the stories. Yeah, I was going to. That, that's definitely an, an angle. I, I looked at the different companions of Santa. Here. And this region goes over to Austria, Croatia, Hungary, uh, northern Italy, as well as like Bavaria and uh, Slavnia. Yeah, um, you know, you have the, the tradition of 
the the or the companions of Saint Nicholas, which we could talk about a little bit now if we want to. Um, so so he's just one of the companions of Saint Nicholas, which they're all kind of shady dudes. <laughs> if you you get into it, uh, you have Necht Reprecht, which would be farmhand Rupert. He's a man with a long beard. He wears furs or he's covered in straw. Kind of a working class fella. Carries a long staff and a bag of ashes. Um, would wear little bells on his clothing. So he's kind of festive. Yeah. Uh, he asks children if they know their prayers. If they do, they'll receive a treat. If they don't, he beats them with his bag of ashes. <laughs> Another trend here. Seen it. <laughs> you have uh, Belschnickel, which if you are a fan of The Office, you know, Dwight Schrute and the whole Belschnickel thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but he uh, would wear furs that cover his entire body. Uh, he would sometimes wear a mask with a long tongue, kind of a crampusy looking little face. Santa's got quite the little chain gang following him. Yeah. St. Nicholas. He's rather scary, and uh, he'll visit kids at Christmas delivering socks and shoes full of candy. That's what every well, child wants. But at least um, you do get some candy in there. Now, if you were bad, he would leave you coal. So there's, there's the coal some reference. coal there. You have Zwarte Piet, or Black Peter. He's typically depicted as a Moor from Spain, which I didn't think that's where the Moors came from, but I, I might be wrong. Not up to par on my Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Now, <laughs> he traditionally punishes ill-behaved children by beating them with a birch rod, so I you've got more of that. More of that. Um, Such hostility at Christmas. <laughs> now, typically, uh, in, in traditional um, festivals and whatnot, when people dress up as Zvart Piet, they do so by dressing in blackface. So as you can imagine, uh, Black Peter has kind of become a controversial figure. I can only imagine. In this yes. day and age. The last one I have here would be, I'm, I'm assuming he's French in origin, La Pere Fiotard, or the Whipping Father. Whipping. He brings a whip, and he accompanies Santa on all of Santa's visits. And uh, if you're a naughty child, he ruthlessly beats you with the whip. <laughs> wow, there's a trend here, folks. Uh, he's got a scary pointy face, and he dresses in dark, scraggly robes with a big, long beard. So all of the companions of Santa are sort of like, what are they, his heavies, his enforcers? Yeah, heavies. <laughs> wow. It's just so, uh, I mean, we're used to that coca-cola santa image in america yes and ho, 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 ho. apparently it wasn't always that way well now on the origins you talked a little bit about it 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 is kind of unclear uh, but obviously as you stated it's it's believed pre-christian or origins um, there actually are holiday greeting cards that are called krampus skartons yep krampus skart skart yeah um so they've dedicated their own little Christmas card line, and this all has some beautiful artwork. I mean, I'm a little bit morbid, I, I will say, but I love some of the well, artwork. Well, the artwork is really, I mean, it's good art. It, it's and and a lot of them are dated. Yes. So you're you're looking at like old, you know, the art. Yeah, I mean, it's really, 1940s, they look good. 30s, 40s, 50s, especially during this time frame. Um, in 1958, uh, an author by the name of Maurice Bruce wrote this and. This to me sounds Halloweenish. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna exactly say here quote what he what he says about Krampus. There seems to be little doubt as to his true identity, for in no other form the full regalia of the horned god of the witches is so well preserved. <laughs> the birch, apart from its uh, phallic uh, significance, may have a connection with the initiation rites of certain witch covens, rites which entailing binding and scourging as a form of 
ways to mock death. That's where your beating and all this comes in. The chains could have been introduced in a Christian attempt to bind the devil. Yeah. Uh, but again, they they couldn't. They could also be a, mem- a remnant of pagan initiation rites, which also used chain. Iron, of course, was another big thing. Uh, I mean, Maurice Bruce. I mean, straight from their their lips, it's like this is witchcraft. I mean, this yeah, thing this is, is a league with the devil. I wanted to to talk a little bit more about the Krampus carton, if I could. Um, the the artwork we talked about the art typically it depicts him menacing children in in all kinds of different ways. These kids uh, are thrown over his shoulders, kicking, yeah. screaming, crying. He does seem to have a weakness for well endowed maids on a lot of these cards too. <laughs> now, the, of course, over the years, the Krampus has become uh, he's gone from terrifying to to almost cute. Uh, you know, old Kramp- Krampus carton would have the you know terrifying devilish Krampus. Uh, but modern ones are almost have like Cupid-like variations of the Krampus on them. Hmm. So he he's kind of they're they're trying to tone down his reputation, tame so, it down. Come Just on, tame it down, bring it down a notch. I mean, I don't I don't know why we got to do that. He he seems well, to serve a purpose. Was it three four years ago they uh, released Krampus the movie right there about yeah. Christmas time? Um, I don't know if, if you watched it. Or oh, not. of course so. Yeah, I took no, I took my son to the theater and watched it. And, um, I mean, if if nothing else, and I don't want to spoil too much, but if you've never seen the movie, the the gingerbread man scene alone is worth watching. <laughs> and and the, you know, guys, it's the day after Christmas, so if you're bored sitting around the house and you want to watch something, Krampus <laughs> the movie. There's another Christmas what? movie to add with Gremlins uh, and uh, oh, Die Hard. Yeah. We were talking about earlier these non-standard Christmas flicks. <laughs> no, and there's multiple Krampus movies now. Actually, I mean, you can pop on any of your streaming services oh, and find a Krampus movie. Yeah, yeah, but if you can find that actual Krampus movie from yeah, like 2017, 2018, I think it's actually pretty good. Now, there's all sorts of Krampus traditions. You have the uh, the Krampus Lauf, which was the Krampus run, where young men dressed as Krampus, which I think Krampus is both singular and plural. Okay. So the, the young men dress as Krampus to participate. Uh, this occurs annually in most alpine towns. And, uh, you know, it's customary to offer the Krampus schnapps if you want them to leave you alone, which... I mean, maybe that's sort of the ulterior motive. <laughs> but, uh, of course, there's, oh, you know, in the Alpine regions, they have what they call Krampusnacht, which is the feast. The, the Feast of St. Nicholas is celebrated in, in parts of Europe on December 6th. Right. Krampusnacht is the night of December 5th, the night before. Uh, wicked hairy devils appear in the streets. Wicked hairy devils. And they sometimes accompanied by St. Nicholas. Um, but they will visit homes and businesses and running into... Running into safe havens, quote unquote, isn't doesn't necessarily save you from the Krampus. Now he can come in un, uninvited and beat you with his birch rod. <laughs> now Saint Nicholas in the in these events will typically appear in uh, Eastern Rite vestments of a bishop. Well, you know, in the Catholic Church, he's he's you know a saint. Yeah, not the typical Santa Claus. Yeah, the not, saint, not our Santa Claus. Yes, he carries a golden ceremonial staff, and he only concerns himself with the good children. Which is, you know, again, unlike our American Santa who, you know, he, he, he does stuff for all the children, supposedly. Yep. Uh, now, Krampus, of course, supplies the coal and the rootin' bundles to the bad children. And how he applies the rootin' bundle, I mean, I think we've gone over that more than once. Yeah. He's, he's going to beat you with it. Now, during these festivals that you're mentioning, um, the St. Nicholas Festival, which we mentioned, was actually uh, started to be celebrated on December 6th. 
There are some other festivals that they believe some of the Krampus aspect came from. Um, one was, I believe they pronounce it Martin Moss, and also another called the Feast of the Holy Innocents. And that's where the child aspect comes in, trying to save the soul of the child, to beat, you know, beat the child, <laughs> to get them to maintain the narrow path. But this started appearing in a lot of the medieval church plays. And even uh, so they were taking that early aspect, which we talked about this with our Halloween special and Salwin, um, where it's just a culture melting pot of when Christianity hit the shores, you can't just annihilate all the old history that everybody knows. Well, a lot of time to, uh, to make sure that, that to make sure that Christianity quote unquote took Yes. They would embrace those old traditions. I mean, even our current... Intertwine it. Our current version of Christmas is based on the birth of Jesus, but I think, historically speaking, Jesus' birth actually happened in, in April, if I remember correctly, something like that. A lot of these old traditions, you know, our, our festivals, Halloween and, and, and Christmas and stuff, those were older faiths, older festivals, older traditions that existed Correct. way before Christianity came in, and they just sort of adopted those and brought them into Christianity so that the locals would still have their own traditions. Right. While, they didn't annihilate all yeah. the old history. They intertwined it and started trying to drag them to the new century. But even a lot of those church plays, there was a lot of like uh, masked devils and pitchfork references and the, the birch switches and, um, you know, the chains and, and children and souls. So again, to me, it's very Halloween-ish, if you will, uh, it's the battle, of, as you stated earlier, good and evil. Um, to me, again, it's just in very intriguing with the history of this, the, the whole pagan supernatural aspect, again, with the Christian version of the devil kind of intertwined. Well, it's like you said, you've, you've got the chains that symbolize the binding of the devil and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And he's definitely, I mean, most forms of art, I mean, he is a very devilish figure. They, they kind of kicked that off and... In, and you may have touched on a little bit of this already, but in the aftermath of the 1932 election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited. Yeah, it was outlawed for a while. Uh, the Dolphus Regime or whatever came in, and, and it's part of the Christian Social Party at that time frame. And in the 1950s, the government distributed pamphlets even saying Krampus is an evil man. I mean, they'd kind of released this, and they were trying to stomp it out. Towards the end of the century, popular, there was a resurgence of Krampus. And while it was illegal, celebrations started popping up. Well, then it was kind of like the government had lost interest. So they didn't really enforce it. Um, but they started wearing like the hand-carved wooden masks and started doing, um, it's almost like cosplay to this day with a lot of the parades and the outfits and, and just in a weird, twisted way, beautiful costumes. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, like I said earlier, if, if you do the, the Google image search and you look up the costumes these people wear for Krampus Knocked and all that, some of these costumes, again, terrifying. They're, they're, <laughs> they're meant to be scary, but they're amazing. I mean, the, the level of detail that people put into these things, and I mean, you've got people with like the stilts. Oh, yeah. And, and some of these things just appear like 10 yeah, foot tall. and monstrous. Walking but, on stilts. But the amount of detail, the amount of work, I mean, that's that's a labor of love. Like these people really oh, put the time. You can imagine in. they they've spent years oh, making yeah. these outfits. And and we've kind of we've started. I don't want to say we've embraced Krampus in America, but we're starting to bring that tradition. We do have Krampus knocked celebrations now in in certain places mm -hmm. in America. 
where we're sort of acknowledging the culture of the location. And again, you know, you've got these beautiful costumes, beautiful quote unquote, because again, they're, they're terrifying. I mean, if you were to see one of these unprompted, you would know that the devil had come to get oh, you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but what's ironic is you look in those videos and stuff, and there's just lines of these people dressed up as yeah. Krampus. And they're all just... You see the small children. It's like our Christmas parades yeah. here in America. And the kids aren't... Yeah. They're not all freaked out about it. I mean, they've grown up, I guess, around it. But, I mean, it's like... It's almost like they're looking and they're waving, you know, like... In America, kids would to Santa in the Christmas parade coming around, and it's just it's a different world. But it, it's it's I mean honestly, again, again, I will tell you right now, take a moment, Google search some of these costumes if you're into this kind of thing. They are just crazy good costumes. Uh, again, I mean, you you say beautiful, beautiful. And I mean, as far as the artwork goes, yes. I mean, just this horrifying right out of a horror film monster. <laughs> right out of a horror film like, like honestly the Krampus costumes that I've seen in some of these pictures are better than the Krampus that was in the Krampus movie yes, yes I agree I mean I agree it's crazy I wanted to touch on some some regional variations while we're talking about the Krampus in uh, in Styria they, the root and bundles are presented to the families uh, the twigs are painted gold and displayed year round in the house to remind children like if you're going to be good this is what you get Daddy's um, hanging the belt on the wall yeah. right here for you to look at every day. Uh, and in more in more isolated villages, the the Krampus will even have other beastly companions. Uh, typically, the ant antlered wild man type figures will follow him around. Hmm. In parts of Austria, there's a toned down version of Krampus that's popular in Christmas markets and urban centers. And their Krampus, uh, in in those cases, is usually more humorous than fearsome. So. That, that may be going back a little bit to the little kids just loving the Krampus. Right. In parts of Austria, he's meant to be more of a likable character. In the northern part of the Udine province of Italy, and I may have said that wrong, I'm sure, there's an annual festival held in early December, and just before sunset, the Krampus, and I think this is a plural, the Krampus come out of an old cave and chase children around the city. <laughs> and And they will also chase adults. I want to go to that. And they will punish them by smacking them on the legs with birch branches. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. Um, now, in order to satisfy the anger of the Krampus, children and, and young folks uh, must recite a prayer to, to run him off. So, again, you go back to the, yep. you know, this is a devilish figure. The and demonic and hold your faith. And In Croatia, he's described as a devil wearing a cloth sack around his waist. He's chained about his neck and ankles and wrists. And as part of his tradition, you know, part of the tradition here of the Krampus, good children receive a golden branch from St. Nicholas with their gifts. Um, now, a bad child will receive a silver branch and have their gifts taken away by the Krampus. Ooh. So it's that's kind of like, here, you know, Santa left you all these presents, and then the Krampus is like, yoink, nope, they're mine. Little Johnny <laughs> comes down, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, you don't get any of these. So, again, this Krampus, you know, it, it's he's a devilish devilish boy kind of a little trickster aspect. yeah uh, and then of course you got uh, the good saint nick uh he's leading this pack but uh, what you don't see is what's behind him following him so uh, i have to feel that the, the grinch even in a way is probably inspired by the krampus i could see that he's a very krampusy type character so i'm sure you you had your santa experiences you know as a kid oh definitely. waiting on on christmas morning and staying up late um so if you'd have heard the cloven hooves on your roof, you would probably automatically assume a lot reindeer. Of reindeer. Yeah, but but seriously, what if, growing up, I 
I never heard of Krampus until I, I'll be honest, probably I was a young adult. Well, yeah, like again, it's like this Eastern European tradition that I had not heard of here until you know, well, maybe past you know ten, fifteen, twenty yeah. years, maybe. But uh, yeah, like I never, and like I said, in America we have the the Coca Cola Santa, who's you know, no matter what, he's going to show up at your house, you know, whether he leaves you coal. You're going to get some packages, you, you know, if you're and, really good, you might get extra packages. And again, I don't think anybody's ever received coal, but it's definitely better than receiving a, a butt whoop from yeah, the Krampus. Right. Or drug off, stomped, stomped yeah. half to death in a bag. Chucked into the river to drown. Um, he's a pretty, pretty scary guy. Pretty brutal. I, uh, I remember fond memories of Christmas, you know, uh, of course I'm a toy collector getting all the uh, Star Wars <laughs> stuff back in the day, but, uh, yeah, never in, in my wildest dreams, I wasn't brought up around that. So I was unaware and ignorant that that even existed, but, uh, there's totally different legends for different areas. And, and I, I have to say, I probably deserved a few more butt weapons than I got. So, uh, you know. Maybe well, there's something to that. There was definitely a year or two, I'm sure, when I was younger that a, a Krampus visit might have done me better. <laughs> I know that, that definitely if I'd been threatened with a Krampus as a kid, you know, I might have might have behaved myself a little differently. Oh my gosh, you wouldn't. But uh, I may have told this story on the podcast before, and I'm going to stand by it. I tell this story to my kids, and they think I'm a, I'm a crazy man. Uh, I was probably four or five. We had come home from Christmas Eve at my grandma's house. We had this Christmas Eve tradition where all my aunts and uncles would gather up at my grandma's. And the, the whole family, aunts, uncles, cousins, went out, and we would all exchange gifts. Now, this would have been in the 80s, obviously. I'm, I'm you know, 77, was born in 77. So very early 80s. Uh, and I remember we had gotten home from Christmas Eve. We're standing out in the front yard. My dad was talking to the neighbor. And I remember looking up in the sky and I'll vouch for this even today. As a child, I know I saw it. As an adult, you're telling me this story at least. But I swear that I I saw you know the the sparkly light in the sky as Santa's Santa's sleigh went overhead, and you know I'm I'm in my forties now. I'm I'm pretty sure that I didn't see what I thought I saw, but I like I like that memory. Right. It comes from a good time, and you know when I was a kid, and my parents were still married. You know I my. I might have had my little brother at that point in time. I, I mean, it would have been right around that time that he was born. But, you know, it, it's just a, a nice memory. And, and even I had to have that conversation with my daughter the other day. She's almost 13, you know, and she was definitely one of those ones that would defend Santa with the other kids. And so my wife felt that it was time to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I even told that story again to her. And But I, you know, that Santa is, is, is a state of mind almost at holidays. I think we all soften a little bit at the holidays. We all try to be a little more charitable, a little more friendly. At least I would hope so. Yes, we should. Um, but again, you know, you, you've, <laughs> if I had seen the Krampus as a child, <laughs> that would have been a wholly different experience. You were talking about uh, fond Christmas memories, um, a tradition. I, I don't know how many people used to do it. It seems to be a thing now. You drive around and look at Christmas lights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom and dad was, I think it was mom, really pushed that every year. I mean, that was that was a tradition. And uh, we, we just drive around here in Lebanon, the local area. But it was amazing some of the work that people would put into their houses. And, and I, I swear I'm not copying your story, Bill, but... I do remember as a young boy, I know to this day, I saw, I 
it could have been Santa, could have been a man dressed as Santa, <laughs> but basically going around the side of the house and there was a ladder up against the roof and he was climbing the ladder to get to the roof. And I look back and I'm like, did I see a burglar trying to break <laughs> into somebody's house? Did I see Santa? You know, we talked about gremlins earlier, that, that story that the, yes. the girl tells. <laughs> did, did the poor dad get stuck in the, in the fireplace chimney? Uh, but that was probably one of my most memorable events of Christmas was as a child, of course, I wanted to play. I saw Santa. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was that side. And then as, you know, a couple of years goes by, it's like, I saw something. You saw something. And again, that, that's sort of my story. You know, I know in my heart of hearts, I feel that I saw something. Now, was it an airplane? Was it, you know, a shooting star? Who knows? No. I was a little kid, but the it was, magic was alive. Christmas night or Christmas Eve night looking up in the, the sky as a little kid. So, you know, this, this podcast of ours, we, we do it for fun and we hope you enjoy it. We know this is sort of our first year of doing this, and, and this will be our last episode of the year. Uh, Getting close to 20-some episodes, I believe. Uh, this, this uh, I think Krampus is 29, maybe, episode 29. So, you know, I hope everyone had enjoyable holidays, and, and hopefully we can keep doing this for a while, and you guys keep coming back and listening. So We've almost made it through 2020. That's a start for all of us. That's saying something. You know, depending on what you read, but let's just hope that 2021 is, is better than 2020. <laughs> um, I, I Hopefully, you know, my, my wish is for, for life to return to normal and then everything to start getting back to where it was before. You know, I, I hate the idea of people feeling like they're trapped at home and these these mad rushes for toilet paper and stuff like Disinfectant that. Disinfectant and, yeah. So... Hopefully, hopefully no one had a visit from the Krampus yesterday <laughs> or, or, you know, whenever you listen to this, hopefully the Krampus didn't show up at your house on Christmas to beat you. Hopefully you're just some tired parents who have worked Christmas magic diligently to the best of your abilities. So Merry Christmas. Happy Merry New Year. Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2021. Thanks for listening in on Nightmares on the Lost Highway. Hey, this is Eric, and I just wanted to give a little reach out and a plug to our first paying sponsor for Nightmares on the Lost Highway. That's our little family uh, toy and gaming shop here in Lebanon, Missouri, called Raven's Loft. If you happen to be in the central Missouri area, please check us out. We have two locations. First one is at 223 West Commercial, downtown Lebanon. We've also branched out to a second location out at the Heartland Antique Mall, also here in Lebanon. You're going to find all kinds of vintage toys, Star Wars, Star Trek, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mego, Universal Monsters, all types of gaming, board games, Magic the Gathering. So we would appreciate it if you'd uh, stop by. You can like our Facebook page. Uh, swing by and check us out. Thank you so much. I would like to thank uh, Alex Tudor, who has been helping us uh, a lot uh, with our endeavors on this podcast. You can call him our producer at this point, I think. Our producer, electronic recording technician. Uh, um, he's uh, the one that's setting up all the mics and the hardware in the background. And then Bill Weirs is going through taking his time to try to clean and edit this up and uh, give us the best possible version that we can present to you folks. want to thank everybody involved with that.